sometimes at three in the morning when I'm thinking about basketball instead of sleeping because I'm a sociopath. I mean, I heard there's like a parade department in the police department. Because there's addition by subtraction and then there's subtraction by addition and subtraction. <laughs> Enjoy someone else's demise and your own success. Yeah. Because I should just record everything I say. Welcome to, I've heard it both ways. It's a meditation ain't working. So I'm about to lose it. I'm caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. Some meditation ain't Game two was last night. <laughs> I'm sorry. By the time this airs, two nights ago. Two nights ago. But off to a solid start here. <laughs> We're not good at, at, at beginnings or endings <clears throat> or everything in between. Uh, but we try. And we, well, that gives us some likability that no one. Yes, sometimes we don't even do that. First thing that's on my mind. Um, I just because this is like the last thing I saw before I went to bed, so my brain had time to chew on it all through my four hours of sleep. It was Chauncey Billups, whom I love. Uh, I scored 100 points with Chauncey Billups on NBA Live 2005 once. Pretty awesome. Great game. Um, exactly 100 points, too. <laughs> Anyways, he said something like how Andre Iguodala is this generation's Robert Ori, which, like, and at first you're like, oh, that's high praise because Ori's a legend, but. Honestly, in my opinion, like that's kind of doing Iguodala a disservice because he's a better all-around player and like overall, just as an individual, has had a better career than Ori. Like Ori's gonna yeah. finish with more rings, duh. But like I would rather have way rather have Iguodala than Robert Ori. Yeah, Iguodala. I mean, he was a star on Philly, Finals MVP, the first Warriors team. Um, like we can play both ways. Yeah, really. Iguodala has been a bona fide starter his entire career. Ori was coming off the bench also his entire career. So yeah. it's kind of like Ori, yeah, has more clutch moments, game winners, but Iguodala is a way more valuable player. Yeah, if there was a draft, if Ori would be well, like no, the sixth or seventh. This way, if there's a role player draft, Iguodala is a lottery pick. Robert Ori is like a late first round like that. that ends up on the Spurs. <laughs> but I still rather have Iguodala. I'd much rather have Iguodala. I, I just think. It was like, this happens to, this is just basically society in a nutshell in 2019, is you just get caught up in the moment. Because Iguodala did just drill that super clutch three, and so everyone's just like, well, everyone, by everyone I mean Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups is caught up in the, oh, what a great shot, clutch. Oh, I've clutch shots in the playoffs. No, that sounds like Robert Ori, and so he just, his brain just ran with it. Yeah, and to give Ori credit, his shot was a lot better than Iguodala's. I mean, Iguodala had uh, like eight open. seconds. And if Iguodala missed that shot, he would have been crucified because he took it with like five seconds left on the shot clock. Yep. Like in theory, you would want him to like maybe dribble around and then, and then try and get it back to Steph so they had to foul or so Steph takes the shot, yeah. I, would, I would say. But going back to that final series in, the, in game two, why did Toronto not foul? They had like... 26 seconds or 27 seconds left. It was like a three-second differential. And Curry only had the ball for like four seconds. The other guys that touched the ball were Draymond Green, Sean Livingston, and Andre Iguodala, and they did not foul. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't figure that out. Especially because Kawhi almost stole the ball from Livingston. Well, I think the first pass, Curry brought it across half court. I think the first pass was... Was to Draymond. Was to Draymond. And then I think Livingston got it, and then Uh it got back to Curry. So I would definitely rather have Livingston or... Like Draymond shooting those free throws and Curry. Yeah, exactly. And I do not know the lack of awareness I, I, professional I, basketball players have at the end of game blows my mind. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. And I wonder, like, were they thinking we'll try for the turnover? 
because we, we can't get yeah. the ball out of Curry's hands, which they did anyways. I, I don't know. Which I think that was the strategy is try to force a turnover, but like 15 seconds left, then you foul. I mean, yeah. you go yeah. solid 10 seconds. Give yourself at least a couple possessions. In which they almost got that steal on Curry on the way back, but still they would have gotten the ball eight seconds left. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. They needed to extend the game and just make the Warriors make free throws, which they in game one they missed like maybe one or two. Game two, they missed a lot more. Yeah, it, it numbers even out. Um, yeah. So series tied at 1-1-1. One, one, one. How are you feeling as the series shifts to Oklahoma? Holy crap. <laughs> Oakland. It's going as almost- expected, isn't it? The, the Raptors have looked like the better team for the first two games. Yeah, but I, you see, never felt like the Warriors were in trouble. Yeah, see, I wasn't... I actually wasn't particularly surprised the... Uh, I wasn't surprised with the outcome of either game. Um, I wish we could have recorded a podcast right before like, each game, because then I would sound like a genius, but... <laughs> Going into game one, like I wasn't super surprised that the Raptors won because you knew the crowd was just going to be off the hook. I don't know if it's cool to say that anymore, but <laughs> I've never been cool, so who cares? Um, but you knew the crowd was going to be just on fire. Nothing. Also, those shirts they handed out in game one, oh, man. They those were, were so cool. Like I own a ton of vintage Toronto Raptors stuff, like way more than any non-Raptors fan should own just because I love that color scheme. But anyways... Um, but then after game one, I was kind of thinking, I was like, okay, Siakam had literally the best game of his entire existence, and Gasol had his best game in like four years. So I figured, like, okay, if those guys kind of re- even just regress to the mean or worse, like the Warriors are probably going to win game two, and I feel like that's what happened. Yeah, well, I've, after game I mean, one... Granted, like, they didn't, like, Kawhi hasn't really made a... didn't have a huge impact on either game i didn't think at least not offensively yeah after game one i felt confident as a raptors fan just because Kawhi didn't have a good game i mean siakam had the game of his life you can't expect that yeah he was 14 of 17 i think he made like 11 in a row at one point yeah you can't expect him to have that kind of production throughout the series um marcus saw on the other hand i think he can still have a really he can have a quality series just because the warriors don't really have anyone to match up against him um, little did I know that Andrew Bogut was going to pull out the <laughs> well, 2015 vintage Bogut. Bogut. Game. The I'm, Warriors I'm, just kind of, ab- I mean, the Raptors just kind of abandoned him on some of those roles and he had dunks. Yep. I'm just, I'm honestly surprised um, at how well Gasol has been able to handle the pick and roll. Because I thought he'd just get run off the floor because that's just what the Warriors do to anyone over the size of like 6'9 or whatever. Yeah. But he's held his own quite well. I mean, showing those defensive player of the year qualities. I mean that was a long time ago. I feel like when he won, though. If I don't, I don't know. I don't even remember when it was. It feels like it was a decade ago. The reason I'm really hoping the Raptors win this series, um, not just because I don't like the Warriors. It's been six years since Gasol won Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, so right before the Warriors dynasty, so this could be a nice conclusion to his career. But the reason I want the Raptors to win is because the Raptors literally made trades and went all in on this season. And I feel like if they have success, I mean, it's a game. It's, it's a, a copycat league. Copycat Everyone league. loves Thank to you. throw that phrase around, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, not quite to the extent, extent of Sean McVay. But <laughs> um, but then I think more teams are going to go all in instead of building up for draft picks in the future. Especially if it's the way the lottery format is mm-hmm. made now that it, it makes... It for a lot more compelling season and moves throughout the year, which we both love. Well, yeah, just it makes me wonder, like, well, because Toronto and I see, I honestly see a lot of similarities between the Raptors and the Jazz um, because they're both in places that apparently nobody wants to really play in. 
like kind of looked down on by the rest of the league. But they've been like they're on overall like quality franchises because the Jazz had a playoff streak of like twenty years or something crazy like that. The Raptors obviously weren't that good for their first few years of existence, but they had those dope jerseys, so who cares? But then, like, they had some success in the Vince Carter era, and then they've been, like, a top four or five seed in the East for the last, what, six or seven years. And so, yeah, to see them figure out a way, even though apparently no one wants to go there, to see them figure out a way to put together a championship-caliber team, it's like, well, you know, so other small markets could replicate that. You push your chips into the table with a good core, get a Kawhi to put you over the top and go for it. It's yeah. not like the greatest blueprint, but it's better than nothing. And it gives another blueprint for those small market teams where usually you have to just build through the draft and then final year of like the restricted free agents after their rookie contracts, that's where you make the push. Um, now they have a chance you can go all in, you can trade those assets away and then jumpstart it earlier. Well, and especially because building through the draft is really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nailing your draft picks, like you look at every single franchise and you th- see all the draft picks they have and like i don't i'm just pulling this out of my assets but the hit rate or success rate on draft picks has to be like i don't know 15 percent. like how many of your draft picks actually turn into like solid rotation players or better it's yeah, got to be low that's fair well and the nba is so star driven you have to find that star and for those small market teams it's through the draft that is your only chance mm-hmm. or like what or you to get that star yeah. you trade like the raptors did yeah you know, if the Raptors do win, I'd, I'd rather see the Warriors win because Tim Tim actually came up with this. Uh, but he said, he's like, okay, if the, if the Jazz don't have a championship, Toronto doesn't get one either, <laughs> which I definitely agree with that. The hater in me agrees with that. But at the same time, Nike slash Jordan dropped some, uh, some Jordan 4s with Drake's signature on the tongue. And if the Raptors win, those are going to skyrocket in value. And I ended up buying a pair because I have zero self-control when it comes to <laughs> footwear. So I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever if they won. Oh, here's the other thing though. I have I have two. I have three pairs of the same shoe. The only difference is the one they just dropped just happens to have Drake's signature on the tongue. The other two though are the exact same thing, just without the signature. <laughs> but they're black and red and purple. I I literally cannot possibly resist that. Okay, so now this series is in Oakland. Next two games. Um, do you think the Warriors take a three-one lead, or are they able to split it, or Toronto pull pull off the upset and win two games in, in Oakland? Um, I think I like the split. I mean, obviously, a lot of it depends on Clay Thompson's health, or everything depends on Clay Thompson's <laughs> health. Um, but just the Raptors have been able to make the Warriors work so hard for everything they've gotten. Uh, you said it before the series. I said the Raptors have to shoot the lights out to win. I was wrong. Um, episode eight hundred of Kendall knows more than Ben about basketball. <laughs> Tune in next week. Uh, but when you have that defense that just keeps you in games, and then. I feel like really the key for Toronto is just getting those bench contributions. Like, so Van Vliet and uh, Siakam's not coming off the bench, Serge. but he's kind of the role player. Serge Ibaka, Norman Powell. Like, if they can, get, if they get anything from those guys on the road, then they can take one game. Yeah. Having said that, uh, I feel like role players, everyone knows role players always play better at home than on the road. Yeah. So. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, though. I love the defensive schemes that Toronto's running. I love seeing a box and one. I don't think I've seen a box and one in an NBA game in the last century. And I, I don't know if that's ever it. happened. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. And they what they did a zone against the Greek Freak in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm loving what Nick Nurse is doing. I feel like I mean I've bashed on the hiring of Nick Nurse, but he's growing on me as a guy. I mean. I don't know if he outcoached Brent Brown or Brent Brown outcoached himself, himself. <laughs> but definitely 
um, moving up in respect. I don't know. Moving up on my hierarchy of coaches or your your tier list of coaches. There since, we go. since tier lists are the the popular thing right now, I guess. Okay. <laughs> if I had to draft a coach and had five dollars, he would be a four dollar coach. <laughs> There you go. I, those those things, I love those things, but they also give me anxiety because I'm like, even though they're totally fictitious, <laughs> like I still stress out like, oh, well, what if I leave this dude on the table and he's mad that and he thinks he should have been a $4 guy, but he was a $2 <laughs> guy, you know, just dumb crap like that. But yeah. These are the things that keep me awake at night I'm, I'm, besides I, Michigan State basketball. I definitely do my research when I'm doing like a fantasy draft on 2K. <laughs> It's like if I were to put as much effort into like things that actually matter as I would into stupid five dollar sports questions, I would I would probably be running the world right now, which would be disastrous for most of us, <laughs> especially Pleasant Grove and Kaysville. True, I hate both of those places. Although now that I think about it, I mean the world's so messed up. Like I couldn't do that much worse, honestly. <laughs> you know, never mind. I think I could fix things. There we go. If you smoke, you die. That's my first rule. All right. On that cheery note, you had a thirty second pitch on NHL. Oh, yeah. Stanley Cup final going on. And I remember, for those of you that are the OG listeners, all three of you, I think I talked about how I needed to watch more hockey or whatever. Or maybe I've just had this conversation with so many people, it's just seeped into my brain. But I was like, man, why don't I watch more hockey? Because every time I watch hockey, I'm entertained. And then I've been watching more hockey these playoffs. Usually I only watch the, the final, but I've watched most of these playoffs. And I realized, like, the problem is... So much of hockey is literally just like four four guys pushing each other up against the wall. And it's just like throw the puck down into one end and then let's go <laughs> dig it out. Like that free like that freewheeling, like where you see a sweet like backdoor pass and someone scores on a one timer, like that doesn't happen all that often. Most of the time it's just scrum for the puck and then pass it around and then miss a shot and then scrum for the puck on the other end. It's just like, eh, a pass. Okay, so maybe. I still I mean still a fan, still a fan, but it's just like I realize why I don't can't give that myself to care that much um so maybe you need to look into lacrosse a little more consider that don't be ridiculous <laughs> transitioning into our main story tonight we decided to go to the adam silver the beloved commissioner of the nba when commissioners usually go down and fire or boot every second they have any chance there is um adam silver is still beloved even though he's almost six years in this is his sixth season as the commissioner which is kind of crazy to think about um what are your initial thoughts on why adam silver is so beloved he just lets the players do whatever they want (laughs) like they have the tampering rules but like they're very loosely enforced um the players have been able to really like take control of their own destiny like you have guys that are signing one and two year deals all the time player mobility is off the charts and so the, the players love him um the players have more influence than the owners with the fans. So the players, or excuse me, the fans see the players, you know, players, big fan of the commissioner. Oh, I'm a big fan of the commissioner. Yep. See, that's a good point. Um, but like still the players don't control Adam Silver's contract. I mean, he was just extended for five years last summer. And here's the, I mean, cause you see commissioner like Roger Goodell, who's hated by the players, but, and, by Robert Kraft, and, <laughs> but yet yeah, he still has got his extensions because the owners. Well, Ro- Robert Kraft getting, or not Robert Kraft, uh, Roger Goodell getting booed at every public appearance is one of the great traditions in sports. <laughs> like, and when he hands out the Super Bowl trophy, like I was literally, I was rooting for the Patriots in 2017 when they played the Falcons just because I wanted to see like 
how nasty the reaction was when he had to present the Patriots with the Super Bowl trophy. Um, like, but every Super Bowl when he hands out the trophy, he gets you know, they let him have it. Every time at the draft, they let him have it, and he just can't escape it. It's great. Yeah, but here's the thing: like with, I mean, Adam Silver gets all the credit for the twenty four point one billion dollar TV deal they signed. I mean, the NFL signed a similar contract. I mean, they're. I think their revenue was like thirteen billion, and the NBA's is it's like eight billion. Yeah, well, I think they capped at nine point one, which yeah. like doubled. Of the of the fifty most valuable sports franchises in the world, like twenty seven of them are NFL franchises. I think only eight are basketball teams. Yeah, which is crazy, and I don't know how much of that like how how that rests on the commissioner. Like that's his job to make them valuable. I don't know if that's... yeah, because I'm thinking like I at least for me the reason the NBA has had this huge spike in popularity and, and revenue is because like stylistically with the whole pace and space thing that started about a decade ago, well, a little less than a decade ago, like that's made it more entertaining. And then the, the social media circus around basketball, it's tiring, but it's also entertaining. Like basketball has become like a year round thing. Yeah. And I don't know how much Adam Silver has really had to do with that. Has made Roger Goodell hated and Adam Silver loved is the way they react to things. I mean, Roger Goodell's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. You never really know when he drops the hammer, like with Michael Vick or the Ray Rice thing, that's really when things took turn for the worse for Roger Goodell. This, this mishandling of that. While Adam Silver, on the other hand, he always seems to be like on top of things, and he kind of plays that middle ground. He's a mm-hmm. he's a great politician, which is kind of disturbing. Which is weird because it isn't <laughs> Goodell has the political background, and Adam Silver doesn't. He's the he has the lawyer background. Um, but I think that's what makes him so loved is he's progressive enough. Um, that he keeps everyone, ooh, the NBA's this innovative thing. NBA's on the cutting edge. Yeah, he, they kind of have this Apple culture of, oh, we have the latest and greatest type thing. Boy, you're on fire right now. That's what makes him so socially relevant. He's able to play both sides without anyone knowing that he's playing both sides. And that is the genius that's, of yeah, Adam that's Silver. that's the impressive part. I think Adam Silver, like, he was kind of baptized by fire with the whole Donald Sterling thing, and he was able to just kind of, he dropped the hammer, but then he's still been able to stay consistent throughout his tenure as the commissioner, and so he was praised for the way he handled that for the most part. I mean, there's well, a couple I, things. I think he kind of just gave the people what they wanted yeah. in that circumstance. I would have been really, and I'm not, like, I'm not mad at the way he handled it, because Donald Sterling's trash. Um, but I would have been really interested to see how David Stern would have handled that. Because David Stern's kind of part of that old guard, and Donald Sterling's kind of part of that old guard, too. So I don't know how that would have gone down. Yeah, it's the Billionaire Boys Club. I would love to be a part of that at some point. And maybe, I mean, David Stern, probably one of the greatest commissioners financially of all time, just because he brought the NBA to relevance Mm -hmm. in an actual, like, prospering company. Um, But there's a lot of conspiracies about David Stern and how shady he he was compared to now Adam Silver seems like the guiding lights, the sun that has returned. The the golden boy. (laughs) Well, the funniest thing is uh, everyone leading up to the lottery, everyone was talking about how this was like the biggest lottery and, or the most important lottery for the Knicks since the Patrick Ewing lottery. Um, And then when the Knicks and the Lakers ended up like they were in the top four, like they could go one, two, the Knicks frozen envelope stories came flying back in. Like, oh, are we gonna, is history going to repeat itself? Is David Stern still like in the shadows pulling the strings? Here's a backwards conspiracy for you. Did Adam Silver make sure that New York and Los Angeles didn't get the first and second pick so that they wouldn't think that there would be tampering involved? 
it's it's I mean impossible. financially it makes no sense but I say finan- <laughs> but, but but the league's already financially stable so maybe this was just like okay we can't have a PR disaster because the Jazz PR sucks <laughs> <laughs> the league front office does not run their <laughs> PR the way that the Jazz do yeah the league would fold if that ha- <laughs> would have to fold if that happened but I don't know that's a good conspiracy or anti-conspiracy. The list of things that makes Adam Silver lovable that I think have played really well. Players that love him. Got rid of the a back lot to of back-to-backs. And then like the... And three games and four nights. Or it was the four and five, I think. Four and five. Maybe, probably one. both. How he's playing both sides. He hit, made the players happy with that, but then he cut out um, like the, the rest. $100 fine resting or, players, yep. which helps the business side of things. For the fans, he changed the All-Star game, so it was more competitive. So like he added the eSports League, which he called... Our fourth league. I mean, he literally classified it with the G League, the NBA, G League, and, and WNBA. Which seems a bit extreme, but whatever. And last time I checked, um, the esports league was not doing too well. I remember I saw a lot about it on Twitter. Like, I can't remember it was last season or the season before, and then like it just kind of faded away. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's happening fast. with it. I mean, there's esports scholarships for colleges, so they're starting to nurture. It's crazy. Like, it's I, growth. I, I don't like esports, but I don't care enough to like trash on. I'm like, okay, do your thing, but I, you cannot get me to care. But also looking into the future, he's talked about like the midseason tournaments. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm not a fan just because, well, I mean, it would make the regular season more fun, so that would be nice. But at the same time, like, we don't want to be like soccer where you're playing for like 12 trophies at the same time. Yeah. Because I've seen like in a soccer game or match or whatever the freak they want to call it, uh, they lose and they're like, ah, oh, well, it doesn't matter because they've got other trophies to look forward to. I'm like, okay, well, if there's like 50 trophies, there are no trophies. If everyone's super, no one's super. <laughs> a little Incredibles reference for I you. I like that. Um, so I'm not really a fan. Of, like, I do like trying to think of a way to make the regular season more relevant, but multiple trophies is not the answer. Yeah, that's kind of my thinking too. Is like, how would you make that midseason tournament important? Like, ratings wise i think you would do it but for the players and like, stuff like yeah it wouldn't have any prestige because like it's not the finals exactly so i could totally see teams just like bailing and being like we're gonna get out in the first round and just have all this this long this time rest. off yeah exactly <laughs> i think and, and well, i guess what they could do is like they'd have their first game in the december or whatever and i mean this would kind of go the soccer avenue first game in december and then you would get the other game like it's a saturday in january well so it, the breaks wouldn't be as like you wouldn't just get this week off type of thing i don't know if that would help at all but having like one round of the playoffs because i think that's what happens in like it's in the champions league and yeah. soccer is like it's it takes it's you don't play that many games but it takes like a full year to complete which for me that makes that makes it not interesting because i'm like wait how did we even get here it's been a year since this thing started um, but what do you think about adding a tournament for the last playoff spot? Amazing. I This should have been done yesterday. It, it yeah. reminds, because honestly, it feels like March Madness. Like, what if the, let's go back six or seven years, what if the Charlotte Bobcats all of a sudden caught, <laughs> caught fire, won five games in six days, and made the playoffs? How cool would that be? They, yeah, I think like, you could jump cool. on the bandwagon. It would just, it'd be more high stakes tournament style basketball, which is literally the greatest thing on earth. And even um, the MLB, if they have the same record, they have that playing game, you know. I think that they could even add that, and that's not a step very far removed. The tiebreakers make it so anticlimactic. Oh, if this team wins, then they lose, then we're It's so hard to keep track of it, too. Yeah. 
Because the best thing was like last season, you had Minnesota and Denver that had that. The last game was literally a playing game. That was amazing. Yeah. Like more of that is not a bad thing. And like if you're going in the West, you could even do it with like seeding. Like so if the Rockets and the Jazz are tied, they're both 48 and whatever. They have to play one more game for home, for home court. court. I which like would be that. kind of fun. Am Silver did that kind of played both sides. He kind of made the owners upset with the lottery change, even though the fans and players loved it. I don't know if the players loved it, but Rigo, the fans Rigo loved Bear it. <laughs> fans loved it because it eliminates tanking so that teams can just lose everything and then be guaranteed the number one pick. Um, but then on the opposite side, he was also like the first commissioner to introduce like daily fantasy and be a supporter of that stuff. Like, you know, like DraftKings or whatever? Yeah, DraftKings and gambling, I mean, essentially. And now with um, legalized sports gambling i feel like it won't be we're we're only a few years removed from gambling being allowed in the stadium themselves where like people can make prop bets how many <laughs> how many threes is curry gonna make it's yeah. at four and a half in the third quarter i'm down i i don't bet on sports but only because i would never be able to stop but i i do approve of it i just yeah. don't do it because it would be lead to my total financial ruin <laughs> but i'm a fan something that they've talked about doing um is eliminate the one and done rule i feel like it's inevitable at this point probably the next npba meeting they're gonna change it well then they they just had uh, one of the top recruits skip out on his college yeah hampton yeah go to play in like new zealand or something Uh which like hey go for it get secure the bag i think the key is they need to do the two or or nine yep that that's the most logical that would make situation. College, make college basketball better. It would it would make guys coming out of college or out of high school happier. Just nobody loses. Yeah, and really, college unless, basketball unless you're isn't Tommy losing. Brown. Yeah, <laughs> college basketball isn't losing like a ton of athletes. I mean, they're losing eight to really eight great players. I would say maybe, and really, it doesn't make a difference because usually those teams don't make it far in the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> Zion and RJ Barrett. I was waiting for that. <laughs> He ha- they have had discussions. I don't know if it's necessarily Adam Silver, but it's been discussions because he's been so progressive on just teams one through 16. Uh, I would love that as well, just because I've been following the NBA for, let's say, 20 years now almost. And in that entire span, that entire span, the West has been top to bottom better than the East. Mm-hmm. And you, like I remember this to me was the worst example. Jeff Hornacek's first year with the Suns, he won 48 games and missed the playoffs. Like That should be impossible. I think the the best team in or the eight seed in the East, excuse me, won like thirty nine games or something like that, and that was playing an Eastern Conference schedule. So if you would put the Suns in the East, they probably won like fifty five or fifty six games because it got that easier schedule. It's just crazy, and that's the reason why Jeff Hornacek was fired so quickly. He overachieved, and then Phoenix has been just a roulette of different <laughs> coaches. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to punish teams for playing in the West versus playing in the East? It's just, yeah, it's not fair. I agree. And then last point that's a possibility is that he's talked about, uh, Adam Silver's talked about expansion, expanding the league, um, like adding a team to Seattle. Um, I know there's been Vancouver. If you, if you had to build a team, where would you put it? Seattle deserves a team. Uh, the Sonics, those 90s, the Sonic boom with, with uh, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. One of the coolest things ever. That move from from Seattle to Oklahoma City was pretty sleazy. Like those people deserve a team. Like I don't love Seattle. Like everyone loves Seattle. I don't have strong feelings one way or the other for Seattle, but they definitely deserve a team. Yeah. Like the Grizzlies couldn't keep a team because no one cared. Like Seattle had and still has fans. 
like there was this documentary called Sonic's Gate, and it detailed like how sleazy that was. And it won an award at some random festival. Oh, really? And Gary Payton came up to accept the award, and they like like, hey, make a speech. And he just leans into the mic and goes, bring back our Sonics, and walks off. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. <laughs> I mean, the classic Adam Silver playing both teams here. When he talked about expansion, he said, we're open to it and the possibility of it. But we want all our teams to be profitable. He, he just walks the line. He, he really does walk the tightrope very well. You had a, you looked up an interesting stat on the teams that are not profitable in the NBA. The only one being the Cleveland Cavaliers. So really, we are a Cleveland Cavaliers somehow getting their act together. Or just an from earthquake, or just like an earthquake swallowing up the entire city. I mean, that may be better just because then we'll get the Supersonics immediately. Yeah. It's I mean, they'll have to wear a little commemorative badge <laughs> on there. <laughs> I just, I, I wish nothing but misery on the Cavaliers because their franchise has been so incredibly inept because they were terrible. Like, they had a little stretch in the 90s, early 90s, late 80s with Mark Price, the criminally underrated, unknown um, Mark Price. But in that, <laughs> they've been a dumpster fire their entire existence. And it's just, it's stupid. Like, they lucked into the LeBron lottery. Well, they were the number one, or the number, they were the bottom team in the lottery, so they had the best odds, but still. They won the LeBron lottery, couldn't do anything with him the first time. He leaves, they get the Kyrie lottery, which they had a pick traded from the Clippers, I believe, but they ended up winning that lottery. I feel like you can say without Kyrie, LeBron probably doesn't win that championship Mm -hmm. in Cleveland, but he only came back because he's from Northeast Ohio, so they just lucked into that one, him having been born there. They had two other number one picks that they kind of screwed up. Uh, Anthony Bennett being the obvious one, and then they <laughs> traded Wiggins anyways. Just, I mean, you, arguably they've had the best luck and have done nothing with it. Yeah, they they got four lottery picks in like ten years and won one championship. Yep, and, and argue, they, they and went to four finals, but only because they played in the East. Yep, and they had arguably the top, uh, the greatest player of all time. On their team and won championships. So. Definitely the best player of this generation, without a okay, doubt. Okay, yeah. And you can only win one championship. Oh, yeah, and that's a great lead into the last point. Um, he has talked about moving West um, games earlier in the day, just because ratings have slightly declined this past season, and they're thinking because LeBron went to LA and all his games are at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that? Uh I mean, mountain time zone is the the perfect time zone for sports viewing because nothing's too early, nothing's too late. So I don't care, but it makes sense in the league's eyes. Yeah, Well, it makes sense, like, TV-wise for those East Coast guys. Um, But West Coast, if you're going to a Lakers game, it'd be like at 5, 6. Well, did they say, like, how much they were going to move it up, or did they just say they were going to move it up? They just said they were going to move it up. But oh, you're okay. looking at potentially if you're having a Lakers-Clippers primetime game, mm. that's going to be 8 o'clock Eastern time, so that's 6 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock Pacific. Oh, that, that's 5 o'clock Pacific well, with time. LA, LA traffic. So you're get, and with yeah, LA traffic, you'll never make it you to have the game. To get, you have to get off at work at, like, 1 <laughs> in order to get to the game, which is... I I think that could hurt West Coast attendance, which I don't know what manage what is more important the oh, attendance. The TV the TV viewers are way more important because you have way more. You can only you fit like twenty thousand people in an arena or whatever. You have two million people that can watch it on TV. I mean, because they did have have that huge campaign on um, we want and they broke the record twenty seventeen eighteen season on most attendance the highest attendance rate for NBA season. 
Um, and you'd just be pretty much backtracking that. So I don't know. But if, the like the cap I mean, spike that happened in 2016 was because of a new TV deal, and the cap is as high as it is because of the TV deal. So okay, TV over everything. Well, what changes are you thinking more are, are most likely in this next upcoming season? For this upcoming season, I I don't know because. I know, like a lot of like changing the conference or, or not the conference, changing the playoff setup would take. I feel like take some time. You got to yeah. get approval from the owners. Um, the West Coast thing will probably happen next season, I would assume. But I feel like the one and done is close, but probably next season. But I think the TV thing was the only thing we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I, I, but I everything think else, yeah, I think the every, one and done in the West Coast. Yeah, thing would be more, everything else is with probably within a few. Hopefully, within a few years, because they're all good changes. I feel like. Yeah, for the, except for the mid-season tournaments. Yeah, so that's stupid. We'd don't, have to don't figure, do that. We'll spend a summer pod on how we can make it work. All right, that will that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Uh, one last fun thought for you today, as we record this, is June third, which coincidentally is the day summer vacation starts in Phineas and Ferb. So go out and build your roller coasters and. <laughs> uh, find Frankenstein's brain and whatever else they do. I'm a huge Phineas and Ferb fan. I'm not ashamed to admit that. My ideal day is get up at 11, eat a crap ton of cereal, watch Phineas and Ferb, have a snack, take a nap, maybe start all over again. What a, what a day to be alive. What a time to be alive. I mean, Phineas should and Ferb it be is a on, national holiday? Yeah, Phineas and Ferb is on Netflix. It should be like National Phineas and Ferb Day. I mean, there's National Anything Else Day. Seriously, there's a bajillion other national days, so like, and even world days, so why not add Phineas and Ferb? I like it. It's really more deserving than any other children's cartoon ever, except like maybe SpongeBob. Wow. Another week of dropping down the fire. There it is. It's a meditation ain't working, so I'm about to lose it. I'm caught up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. It's a meditation ain't working, so I'm about to lose it. Up in my cranium. It's got me feeling quite clueless. I've heard it both ways. 